A reading from Matthew 14, 6-12. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl, who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went out and told Jesus. It's almost impossible to really communicate the horror of this uh, scene. This is worse than anything Stephen King could have come up with. Hmm. Um, One of the things that caught my attention is is making an oath yeah that um that actually he's made it and as king he could take it back right but he was not confident in his own powers or whatever from doing that and so he has to proceed um with uh what he has said to the daughter of Herodias um I will do anything up to what half of my kingdom. It was strange. He had to be drunk. Um, All of these, these, uh, all of this corruption is kind of, kind of caught him in a trap. And I think he genuinely did not want to do this, but he had no choice. He had made, he had declared uh, he had made a promise, and now with all these people here, all all you know, they were all drinking, uh, reveling, and then something horribly serious comes right before him, which is, I need to do this because I I said I would give her up to half the empire, and she asked, of course, for the head of John the Baptist. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm picturing all of our listeners out there, just having heard this story about this beheading and serving it to him on a silver platter and all this stuff. And I'm trying to think, what could possibly be the takeaway? <laughs> what's the what's a practical thing we can give our listeners on this? And so just a couple of thoughts about that. So just this is just such a brutal story and so weird. And we use that word corrupt yesterday. And I guess the, the the first observation is just how messed up this world is, how corrupt this world is, how twisted and upside down this world is. And, you know, if left to our own devices, this is how humans behave. It's not good. And so I, I guess that's a that's a little bit of a takeaway because it's like let's be honest about the human condition. Let's be honest about the condition and the state of the world, because when we are we realize all the more why Jesus had to come in the first place. You know, he didn't arrive on earth to give us merit badges for how great we are. He didn't come and and just say, you know, it's a beautiful world. That Louis Armstrong song is coming in in my head. We want the world to be, you know, I see trees of green. We want it to be this beautiful, we want to be Pollyanna a little bit. But if we're honest, we say, oh my goodness, the depth of sin is so pervasive that it leads us to terrible things. Lord, save us. Lord, save us. And today, the same prayer. 
is still true. Um, there's corruption out there. We see it on the news, but there's also corruption and depravity in here, in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, in our relationships. So we cry out, we say, Lord Jesus, come, come and save, come and redeem this mess. So the thing that has been very important in my own life in scripture is coming to the foundational truth that we're lost without Christ. But what did Christ come into the world to do? And I think you have to go back to Genesis and not to the Cain and Abel story or even the Garden of Eden story, but what had happened to the condition of, of man in a God, the godless world. And there's a line in uh, Genesis 6, starting with the fifth verse, that uh, indicates that if we throw God out, if we declare him dead, as they did in the 19th century, then where are we at? And here's where we are at. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart were only, was only evil continually. The presence of Christ in our lives, in our hearts, is a counterbalance to the human inclination to sin. And we're seeing that happen in Jerusalem here, where the very head of the uh, Jewish people, the real head is Rome, but Herod, he can't help himself because there's no Christ in his life. He's curious about Christ later, but it's not there. And so when a horrendous and evil thing is, is presented to him, he accedes to it. Even though he's the king, he could have said, no, well, not that, uh, darling daughter of Herodias. No, he, he can't stop himself. And so the lines that I just read from Genesis uh, 6 um, is something that we should take very seriously. Uh, and we know what the cure is, is to give our hearts over to Jesus Christ.